0: Hello and welcome to episode number four of Life With Ed, the podcast. I'm Julia Wirth, your host, and I'm so happy that you made it back here. It's been like six weeks, guys, Uh, six weeks of talking about eating disorders and how we can work to change diet culture in the U.S. and the world. So um, thanks for being with me throughout this time. I uh, am recording this intro a little bit early So it's currently Wednesday, but uh, my birthday is Sunday. I'm going to be 24, and I don't really plan on doing any work that day. So getting this out and ready for you guys, and I hope you enjoy it. So happy Monday in the future. Uh, Today on the podcast, we have Amy Dunham. She is the head of nutrition services at UConn. She is a registered dietitian, and she specializes in eating disorders. So she works primarily with students, anyone at UConn can see her, and about 25% of those students have eating disorders or disordered eating. Amy has so much to say about how to talk to individuals with an eating disorder, and that's something that most practitioners uh, of any kind, doctor, dietitian, nurse, don't have training in they don't know how to start the conversation how to talk to someone they don't know what to talk about they often avoid the subject and amy will tell you she goes right in she asks directly and she's gonna give you so much information about how to help those in our lives um, with eating disorders so she also has some wonderful advice for literally any freshman Anyone heading off to college, anyone knowing someone going to college, any parent with a child going to college, I know April is coming, and April is when most people make a decision about where they're going to school. So if you have someone in your life who is about to head off to college, share this episode with them, really give them a chance to get prepared and ready for all the pressure that's going to be new in their life when they go to college and how to avoid all the stress and the bad coping mechanisms that can lead to disordered eating patterns. Before we get started, I just want to remind you to please, please go write a review, rate it, uh, tell your friends. I learned this week the best way to really spread a podcast is by word of mouth. So I'm counting on all of you to find someone new to listen this week. And now without any further ado, Amy Dunham. Today I'm here with Amy Dunham at UConn. It's so great to be back in stores and it's snowing. I'm not surprised at all. (laughs) I think it snowed most semesters I was here. Um, But I just want to talk to her a little bit about nutrition at UConn and helping the students here. But first, uh, why did you choose to study nutrition?
1: Thank you, Julia, for asking me on to the podcast. I'm really honored. Thinking about your question, what made me get involved in nutrition? I will say that I've known for a very long time. My focus was um, around I was exercising and having two brothers involved in sports, and they were working out. I started doing that and then realized, you know, moving our body and what we eat really goes hand in hand. And food provides energy, refueling, so my interest just peaked from there. So early on. Very early on, of course. The focus has changed over the years (laughs) and how I might think about nutrition. But I've known for some time, so.
0: Yeah. And so you actually came to UConn too, right? Yes. For undergrad? Yes. And then your internship as well? My
1: my journey in becoming a dietitian was through the coordinated program in Allied Health Sciences. So within the four years, my uh, hours were included,
0: so you didn't exactly have a lot of free time. <laughs> not a lot of, Not a lot of free
1: time. Um, I often say, while um, my education was from Yukon, I actually
0: never left.
1: So yeah, kind of it also says a lot, yeah, about um, what Yukon means to me.:
0: So I know um, you're obviously working mostly with eating disorders right now. And you're interested in eating disorders. When did that start?
1: As an undergrad, I was fortunate to be able to include because, as we know, Julia, we do need more um, eating disorder work practice. Yes, um, for sure. Education, but more the practical piece mm-hmm. and um, nutrition therapy and the counseling component. We need that. Yeah. And as part of um, our education and our Internship portion yeah. As uh, dietetic students I was fortunate to have A rotation uh, Focusing um, On an eating disorders program Where that was, was it? It was uh, affiliated with ECHN Okay and In Manchester we, Correct So we went to Manchester um, Memorial Hospital When there was some young children um, Inpatient um, But it, I, we were The dietitian was also bringing us I was shadowing her and working with her at her outpatient site which she would see people for all different reasons but also eating disorders but then there was a program that I don't believe is there anymore but it was affiliated with ECHN and had a um, team approach and
0: so when you first you know walked in and, and saw someone with an eating disorder and started working with them how did you feel or what did you think then
1: well, I know that um, fortunately, I haven't had anyone very, very close or like a family member that's right. um, struggled. Um, but I will say there was a time in high school that it seemed like that was the year that my peers were really struggling yeah. with disordered eating, Just eating everyone. disorder. Yes. Yes. And, and quite honestly, I felt the yeah. messaging and the pressures and... Oh, yeah. I mean,
0: high school is um, ruthless for that sort of feelings, especially for the girls. And like prom season comes up. I just remember like track in high school girls being like, I'm not going to eat this week because I need to fit into my prom dress or something.
1: Yeah. And that that's normalized. Yeah. Yeah. very concerning. But Julia, you had asked, um, what was it like um, when someone came in? Um, And I think what was, I don't know if I was completely um, surprised or shocked, but anything close to that was because of the comorbid uh, mental health Right. Pieces that go along with it, as well as we know it's a um, mental health illness, but some of the other comorbidities right. associated and how significant that can be, um, and the psychology behind it. So that was very interesting and
0: yeah. I guess I asked because a lot of people who maybe haven't had it in their family or know someone mm-hmm. um, are shocked when they meet someone with an eating disorder or like start to work with them um, because there are all those comorbidities and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is so much more than just you wanted to be thin.
1: Absolutely. To this day, yeah. I, I even hesitate before saying that there, there's an expertise. Oh, yes. Yeah. I rely on my team I, and it's crucial. Yeah. Uh, so definitely um, a very challenging field.
0: Right. So at UConn, how many students do you think you see with Disordered eating patterns um, every year.
1: I I would say it's roughly twenty percent in terms of of your students. Di- co- correct. So there's four of us dietitians, and of the students that in about a year's time have uh, scheduled nutrition appointments, twenty to twenty five percent struggle with disordered eating eating disorders.
0: And how many is that about? How many students do you know?
1: Well, um, so roughly, let's take last year, which um, this sounds very specific. That's okay. But hey, we do need to look at some of the um, stats. So I was looking at roughly April 2017 to uh, the end of March, this past March of 2018, and we met with a little over 240 students for a first time appointment and i so that would be like 55 yeah of those students yeah and that's, that's a lot that's what we were they were coming in for the primary the primary, primary reason. reason and then i will note in that year then our time um, over 400 um, subsequent encounters were um, not solely with disordered eating, but with caring for the UConn students because students mostly follow up with us. Right. So whether it's one follow up or-
0: Or multiple.
1: Which would be for students we're supporting with um, concerns with weight, body, and food.
0: Yeah, so is that a a lot for you or is that um, pretty normal over the last several years? I it's stayed
1: strong with those numbers I'd say it's slowly increased yeah and that's I know something that um, we've discussed a little bit or yeah. wondered about if so, it is
0: increasing overall
1: yes yes and yeah. I think we see that also in the statistics as well yeah for sure for sure yeah.
0: cool so so you have these 240 students that are coming in and, and 20% of them have mm. some sort of disordered eating how do they find you because i know mm-hmm. um i told you before we started i have met people who go to yukon and they're shocked that there's any dietitians available for them or eating support and most universities there are some you know support for for students and students don't know how, how do these students find you
1: I would say mostly it is from some of our other services. Okay. So it is referral from our social workers and our psychologists in our, our HONA building okay. that are providing counseling to UConn students or other uh, staff within the building. But many times it can be a student coming in and they're they've identified something they're not yeah um, they're identifying a concern or they're thinking they're coming in to um, lose weight yeah I actually was
0: going to ask about how many students come to see you and they're like I want to lose weight and you're like actually um, I think you have a a problem with with that
1: well and we identify I spent a lot of time really exploring the relationship with food or if there's been a history okay um, what is the dieting history look like so then things come to the surface where we can identify you know this isn't it, it feels like this is normal and what I'm hearing you say that this is what your peers are doing this is normal but it, it's, it's not, not yeah it's not uh so that will happen okay and but I will say it's really tricky because still adamant oh yeah about that weight loss goal so this is we're not going to, um, fireworks are not going to go off uh, in uh, one appointment. Uh, and most appointments need multiple sessions. Yeah. Um,
0: How do you even begin to approach a student like that or a patient who comes in and is like really convinced they want to lose weight and um, actually they're showing you know lots of signs that this is more of an eating disorder or a problem for them? Well,
1: we may talk about what percent of their time and efforts energy is spent on this goal yeah and many times what comes to I think there can be students that are coming in for weight loss and interest in that it's not necessary not needed I and there may not be an eating disorder. Um, Disordered eating is a very umbrella, quite frankly, that can be not eating regularly. Right. Um, But in terms of what we're speaking about today, sometimes that's not the case. So for those folks, I could just educate, but Julia, what you're saying, when it's someone that clearly there's a great concern um, in their eating habits, and even possibly an eating disorder, just by talking about how or exploring with them how has this been for you the folk the time what percent of time are we do you thinking spend, or do you spend thinking about food and this goal and, and is there a number how, you look for um we do try i would say greater than we do ask this on an intake forum actually yeah. for them to circle that and uh, believe greater than 20 percent of the day right um, but it might be a little bit higher but what's noteworthy is when I I have dif- I'm not able to hang out with my friends because I need to work out or it's competing with my yeah. workout time or that's an uncomfortable Time because it's revolved around food right so when they're expressing and we can identify their concern
0: yeah you start creating a pro and con be like so dynamic. is it really you know you're losing out on social situations and and your friends is it really worth this
1: as it's one example yeah not to mention maybe they're not
0: physically feeling fabulous yeah, and I, I bet. so so um when a student does come in what are some other signs besides just like amount of time that they're thinking about uh food that you look for for an eating disorder
1: well i do i i don't dance around it i do yeah. flat out ask everybody oh wow um i spend time and say this um because of the prevalence and we are on a college campus just right really interested in um if it hasn't been brought up already i will ask if there's been any concerns in the past history or any concerns currently with weight concerns um concerns with um negative body image or any disordered eating and then sometimes i have to even ask in more detail because they're not sure yeah i'm asking but it's a weird quite term. frankly they'll I just flat out ask. And do you Um, get
0: um, good responses from that in terms of students are pretty open or is it often a lot of digging?
1: um, It's hard to know if they're not (laughs) forthcoming, but uh, I do get responses. And by taking that time to explore that and depending on the reason the students coming in, even asking, what was your relationship like? with food at different points in your life, and how is that developed? How is that now more things come out?
0: Right. Yeah, like how has it changed since you were younger?
1: Sure. Yeah. Or developed, or what does it feel like right now? Or what is that like for you right now?
0: So I think a lot of us who have never been in treatment uh, don't really understand what an appointment might look like or what sort Mm -hmm. of things a dietitian would even talk about, to um a student or a a patient with an eating Mm -hmm. disorder i know that i've heard from parents uh saying like well does the dietitian just tell them to eat (laughs) um which you know probably isn't going to be effective what strategies do you use or what, what does an appointment look like right and
1: my level of support is i would say is outpatient right so and we've developed a multidisciplinary team which really is the gold standard you have to have that um so what i'm speaking about is gonna look different at a higher level what of course the various levels are um what a dietitian can do or what that process is like um just eat far from that yeah handing a meal plan and that's it far from that it's really nutrition therapy Truly. And I will be very f- forthcoming, um, maybe not day one, but it's multiple sessions that it's important to um, that I'm connected with the other team members and the therapist. And it may feel like we're delving into each other's sc- um, scope of discipline, the therapist and dietitian, of because course, yeah. you can't just talk about food. There's so much going on yeah multifaceted and that's so important that a dietitian takes the time to explore and listen they can only be that much more supportive Um, and day one is all about and it may take multiple sessions yeah uh, the rapport that needs to be developed
0: and so you're getting a student's story in those first few sessions and and what might be a first you know line of attack for for them or for this disorder
1: i know a lot of time is spent me gathering information right and um it does depend on what the behaviors are i also like to hear um what has brought them here and yeah. what are their motivating factors if there are any right what can we start uh, with that you're what at least can we-
0: interested in working on
1: right i mean we could say that with for any yeah. type of appointment, but yeah. that's so important. And you may take a whole session or more just create, just, I mean, motivational interviewing is yeah. a part of all of it, but really trying to um, cultivate these motivating factors. Because I'll go back to them and say, I heard you say when I'm ta- giving recommendations that these were the goals. I want to be better. I want to get better. Yeah. I, I heard you say that. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the launching um, point. Um, but depending on, um, a, a lot of focus is around eating enough. Yeah. Just really, honestly, with any um, eating disorder behavior. Um, because if a student is sharing, but I, I have concerns with binge eating, mm-hmm. but are we eating enough? throughout the day so So that's a strong component and it's not the only answer but um that really needs to be honed and and worked on yeah regularly a regular schedule of eating eating enough yeah exploring internal hunger cues what is that even yeah what does that even feel (laughs) like what is that
0: yeah i remember coming in um when i was having problems with uh, bulimia and not knowing what a hunger cue was, and the dietitian <laughs> being like, "So when you when you start to feel a little lightheaded or uh, you can't concentrate, and that like clicked for me because mm. I never felt it in my stomach anymore. Um, yeah. But when she was like, when you're starting to like not focus or have like lightheadedness, that's hunger as well. It's not only like a growling stomach,
1: right." that might look and feel different for each of us yeah um and we know through disordered eating we lose to those internal cues yeah quiet they're not efficient really just shut down right um and
0: yeah so um do you have any like good success stories from working with uh patients or your favorite ones um
1: uh, a couple that come to mind one that comes to mind is when um the student was um i probably it was probably just under a year senior year uh working with her so i i can't really take all the credit actually i give the students all the credit yeah quite frankly right um so much strength one has yeah to be um reaching out for help and the work that needs to be done um, but was reaching out for support because they were concerned um, they had a um, few year history of food restriction and um, excessive exercise but things had taken a different turn um, and there was concerns with um, more emotional eating binge eating and and an outside therapist that had referred them. Oh, okay. So, um, I think which was very powerful, and I told her on our last session, I wish you weren't graduating or would love you to come back. Yeah. Because her excitement and how proud she was to just talk about the it was all her and her journey especially in the last semester of feeling more comfortable with food and having an acceptance of herself and that normal eating for me and quite frankly normal eating period does incorporate some emotional eating yeah yeah and um really having that acceptance and lifting the restraints and rigidity
0: yeah it must feel so good to watch someone like who had come in and had so many food rules like leave and be like hey like i i you know ate brownies today and i'm really happy about it and i also ate all the meals uh and just feeling you know good about themselves for that
1: right and i i think it's the sense of self yeah um so that was very moving and then um another student the um, last student i'll mention um I was with her for a better part of her entire undergraduate oh, wow. um, year here. And she wrote to um, myself and one of the other providers on the team and said, if it weren't for you, I don't know if I would have made it through. That's amazing and, to hear. Um, and being able to have her outline some things that she's proud of. so
0: That's awesome. And those are, you know, two of your favorites, but I bet there's a lot that are really hard to work with Um, since it's such an emotional disorder. Do you have any moments that were just so hard or like you didn't know what to do as a provider?
1: Honestly, there's more of those. I think I personally um, need to step back and say, it's not you and you don't need to take care of this this is uh, very it, it's a very difficult um, mental illness yeah and um, s- multifaceted uh, so I think a lot I, I say period it is challenging <laughs> yeah um, so I think some of the more difficult ones are, are students that whether in denial or not, there, the readiness isn't there, so there isn't consistent uh, compliancy in regular meeting oh, okay. and connecting with team members. So that can make it difficult because yeah. they're not getting the support they need, and you get
0: frustrated with them.
1: They're frustrated, yeah. So when they do come back, they're in this internal battle, right? Voicing wanting to be better not sure what to do yeah but unable to follow recommendations and um and that's or someone really needing higher level mm. yes, and they're pushing back on yeah that.
0: i think that um
1: is very difficult
0: yeah to know when a student like can't you know get the care they need an outpatient
1: right or aware that's the case but that's not the easiest thing and yeah the first thing i will say is this is not easy stuff no not at all this is gonna be this is gonna get even harder yeah and you're not alone
0: yeah along this this journey right and i think uh even for students here hearing they might need to leave could, could mm-hmm. be an added difficulty. Like if you have to leave UConn and, and go into an inpatient facility on top of the fact that you need that level of care is, is a lot of pressure.
1: Or just need. And it. there's varying degrees of right. support. Some students are currently in school right now and have additional layer of support, such as like an intensive outpatient. But okay. Yeah. getting more. But even that, how can I incorporate that into my schedule? or I don't have time for that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think some of the comorbid uh, mental health issues are what can be more challenging. Um, yeah. To also answer your question, go back to your original question, yeah. Julia, what are the some more um, challenging pieces? Yeah,
0: it's not the food, it's everything else. There's a lot
1: of other stuff when there's suicidal thoughts or... Um, um, that borderline personality disorder especially yeah and where I really rely on my team and
0: so important to have that psychologist or psychiatrist mm -hmm. there with them yeah So kind of to switch gears, I know you Mm -hmm. do some um, like outreach to the whole school or like marketing to the whole school about nutrition. And, um, you know, you're saying you only see 55 students, of course, who have an eating disorder or or disordered eating. But of course, there are more out there that have, you know, some trouble, um, whether diagnosed or not. But it's still not the whole school. It's not everybody who has a Mm -hmm. disordered eating pattern. Mm -hmm. But how do you address A community um, and not like trigger those students but also not you know tell someone who might need to think about changing their diet um, without I don't know how do you how do you handle those two sides
1: all foods work yeah and let's talk about what we love to eat and all the great things they provide these foods provide right what are we not eating and it's,
0: what can we add? Right. That's a great way. I've never heard someone say it like that, but to really I, reach everyone.
1: So Julia, to answer your question, it's difficult, yes, but I'd say where I'm at right now, just second nature. And what my expectation is for my dietitians in the office as well, right? Uh, is that we're not no good bad foods yeah i hesitate sometimes or often saying healthy
0: yeah me too
1: labels just because there's a negative connotation i'd say i could find healthy in a lot (laughs) of food yeah um but it's what are we not including in our diet our way of which is our way of eating Mm -hmm. that might be some other powerful nutrients that might be helpful for us Are we eating regularly, so that we can have sustainable energy throughout the day? So it's more same messaging, um, some neutrality in regards to food, emphasis on what's normal, healthful eating, and I alluded to actually does. Yeah, we tend to attack this emotionally that is part of normal eating yeah so it's a lot of education around that and tuning into our bodies trusting within what our bodies because we disconnect from that yeah and start early on yeah so there isn't statements where this would be a better food and like I said good and bad foods avoid avoid this it's in a very um more what can we add and um focus on incorporating more more often Yeah. yeah
0: i think that was a great way to explain it because i often struggle with um how to tell people, no, my method works for everyone. It's not only someone with an eating disorder, because I'll get a lot of pushback when I say all foods fit, listen to your body, when someone's like, no, I'm, I need to lose weight or like I have high blood pressure so I can't have those things or whatever it is. And I'm like, no, I'm not only targeting someone with an eating disorder. Like, this mm-hmm. is for everyone. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to combat, you know, all the dieting pushes out there that are supposedly targeting the other other half.
1: And, and it gets tricky. If there's certain medical conditions, there's a level right. of our medical nutrition therapy coming in here. Or yeah. When a celiac disease. Of or, course. Right. Um, a way of... Uh, Coming back to a statement like that is really exploring with them, okay, I'm hearing your desire to avoid these these foods. How is that going Yeah. for you? And you hear then when we're exposed to that food, there's this compulsivity around eating a lot more of it. Then mm-hmm. maybe they're comfortable with, and it, it starts feeling uncomfortable. So there's a risk of binging right. because we're starting to categorize food or demonize,
0: yeah, yeah, food. Um, so, for you working in this environment where you're mm-hmm. you know at a university, kind of focused, very focused on right. a, a population, what are the keys for that population to preventing you know disordered eating from developing?
1: So working with the college age and preventing. So we do know actually there's a much larger, those that are dabbling in some disordered eating, dieting, kind of, well, a gateway yeah. behavior drug, as we historically have heard with other um, health topics um, for an eating disorder, is that 30% will develop with Mm -hmm. an actual clinical um, eating sort on the, if there's any subclinical currently. So um, that's concerning to me. Yeah. So it's really trying to identify some of the signs early on.
0: So identify, just to clarify, so you're you're trying to identify students who are dieting?
1: I would say awareness on what is not healthful behavior.
0: Okay. Yeah. Right. Because there's so many health diets eating. marketed that aren't right. healthy.
1: Right. Right. Diets or we're in a world of healthism yeah. right now, aren't we?
0: <laughs> yes. Wellness, everything.
1: Right. Right. Um, and diets are, have not gone away. Right. And are just continue coming out with a vengeance. So everyone's exposed to that and really trying to challenge the messaging out there, so putting out other messaging is important, right? And a lot more on um, internal, um, focusing on the internal self-esteem and and acceptance right. of oneself. Yeah, and that all is healthful,
0: right? And I know there's a lot of groups on campus that do mm-hmm. that, right? Um, so that could be a good place for students to learn and try to prevent these disorders.
1: Right. Joining um, one of the, um, so there is programming that has been thoroughly researched and in um, the research, um, the body project program, which is a body image program based on cognitive dissonance and that has shown to decrease eating disorders risk factors. So UConn is working on getting that um, growing even larger than what it is right wow. now. So um,
0: so I know you do some research in eating disorders currently? A little bit. A little bit. Support what is also out there. Love to be doing more. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, can you talk a little bit about like current research in the field or, or things that are going on to improve care, understand these disorders? Well, um, I know a lot more
1: of my time has been really – um, as I just mentioned, um, the Body Project. Um, right. So, you know, being um, a multifaceted, a biopsychosocial disorder, it's complex. Yeah. So there's going to be folks that are focusing on the genetic piece, mm-hmm. but then also our society, media, culture, and that's where all the of Body that.
0: Project focuses.
1: Uh, yes. And. A certain body type that has been deemed ideal right and really speaking out against that so um, yes yeah, so it's it, preventative measures have to be complex um, yeah. and do all different types of uh, programming not just one thing but, yeah
0: you can't only reach students, you know, who have a history of eating disorders. So like that might be the genetic component, but reaching students who just could be influenced by the media or other students. Yeah. So talking about all these, all these pieces. So great. Um, so if you could say one thing to every freshman coming in, uh, what would you say? Welcome. <laughs> and... That's a good one. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Welcome. Welcome. Uh, I hope you are proud of you because people are proud of you and you are loved. Remember those components of you that you are proud of and that you value. Right. If you are thinking right now, I'm not, I don't, that's, that's not me. I don't have that. I don't know what I would, I have nothing to say or think about Take the time to explore and dig down and identify those wonderful things about you. Have them written down, everybody, and daily expose yourself to them. I'm a yeah. strong believer in self-esteem yeah. and reminding ourselves I like that should of be how incredible
0: ac- we all are. Yeah. That should be an activity at like freshman orientation. Oh yeah. because you're suddenly leaving home you're living Mm -hmm. with people you've never met a little reminder of like why you're amazing on the wall would be really helpful because
1: i know you're probably excited also nervous overwhelmed and we could go on and on yeah and you're not alone
0: not at all you share a lot of these thoughts that
1: other students are
0: yeah awesome so i just want to ask uh final question that i ask everyone we've talked a lot about food um Mm -hmm. but often food is like scary or fearful for uh patients that you're coming and Mm -hmm. seeing what's your favorite food so we can celebrate food a little bit
1: yes and actually my children will ask me that all the time (laughs) do they (laughs) yes because in their world it's more what what I don't like more, right? Is a picky eating world. So, yeah. um, and mommy's always saying I th-
0: like a lot of food, right? What don't you like? Yeah, he likes everything, but well, it's uh, good to like everything. But also, most people have at least one favorite.
1: Oh boy, um, Julia, you didn't prep me for that. I know this is my one surprise. I question. know. Um, well. I have a salt tooth Um, you know what I I love very good um, fresh bread oh yeah and pastas yeah and then with some red sauce on top so maybe
0: we'll go we'll go there that's a good one (laughs) yeah Yeah. the first time I had like freshly made pasta was incredible so I'm with you but thank you so much, Amy. This was a lot of fun. I learned a lot. <laughs> so thank thank you, you, Julia. If you made it this far, thank you. Congratulations for finishing episode number four. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me, worthyourwildnutrition at gmail.com. Send me you know, a DM on Instagram, Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Find me at Julia Worth or Nutrition. This coming Saturday, I will be at the Milford Public Library at 10.30 a.m. for another National Nutrition Month event focused on getting children to try new foods and expanding their palate. So if you live in the area, please come down, bring your kids. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you and have a wonderful week.